I believe this is a little bit more important than lunch. Who can agree with me? And since Michael spoke so long, I don't have much time to talk. So let's just jump right in. Hey, let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 17. We're going to jump right in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for the healing that you have. And I say the healing that you have because it's a gift that you give us, Lord. All we have to do is ask. Sometimes we don't understand the healing, but we get it. Whether it be physically or mentally, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I ask that you anoint this message that I shared this morning. Though it may be brief, I want to get the point across that you are for us. In Jesus' name we pray. The church said? Amen. So, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalon Thessalonica or Thessalonia. He's writing to that church. Don't ask me to spell it. It says, I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. Now, why would Paul share that? Now, a lot of people believe that there were a lot of false prophets in that time. Not only were there false prophets, there were people that would claim to be Paul and write letters to churches or to bodies or to bodies of believers. So he says, I write this greeting in my own hand, which is the, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. Now we're not going to talk about what he writes in this particular message, but it's important to note that we all have a signature. We all have our fingerprint that we leave on things. Sometimes there are people that speak into our lives that claim to be one thing and they're totally a different thing. Okay? So... In that time, and by the way, uh, let, me, uh, let me leave my notes with you. I printed more. We keep running out, and that's a good thing. I want you to study. There's going to be stuff that I can't cover today, but it's in the notes. And if you want to research where I'm coming from with those false prophets, you can find that in Romans and Colossians. Okay? So we're talking about authority. There's authority in, his, in Paul's signature, in his handwriting. So you know it's him because you know what he uh, what his writing looks like, right? Or his signature. Or with us, with our fruits. Someone can, I, I can walk into a room and someone can know who I am before I talk because of something about me. Either the way that I walk or, you know, I'm a little nearsighted. If you see me walk into a wall, oh, that's Pastor Jade, right? I went to a car meet uh, uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, last, last uh, Sunday, and there were some people from the church uh, last Saturday, from Friday, Saturday, there were people from the church that said, how come you didn't talk to me? I was waving at you. And I just say, Lord, please, please forgive me. I can't see you if you're like 40 feet away. <laughs> so you have to come and shake me, right? All right? So, so I have things about me that you can recognize that it's me, right? So we're talking about our signatures. We're talking about our fruits, okay? Uh, specifically, I want to focus on something that we don't think about. Um, and that's a pencil. It could be a quill, or it could be a pen, but let's look at the pencil. Now, the question is, why do I want to choose right now not to talk about Paul, not to talk about these other things, but to talk about a pencil? 
And, and Jesus revealed to us in John chapter 10 and verse 10, of, he revealed to us his purpose in coming to this earth. Okay? Now, he, uh, he declared, I have come so that they, you, may have life and have it in abundance. All right? So Jesus came to bring a new thing, a new covenant. He came to talk about his Father in heaven in a new way. Now, explaining things of God can be challenging. As a matter of fact, there are parts of Scripture where it says uh, that you can't understand my ways, right? His ways, his ways, okay? You can't completely comprehend the complexity of God. So what did, what did Jesus do when he would share when he would share the story of God's love or, or God's actions in our life or his actions or the Father or the Holy Spirit. What did he do? He spoke in parables. Now, what's a parable? Well, it's, a parable is a practical illustration of, uh, of complex things but, exp but expressed in a comprehensive way. So you guys have read some of the parables of Jesus, right? Okay? So... This morning, I want to ask a question, and, I, and I'm, I'm never going to do it as good as Jesus, but he showed me something really cool. What can we learn from a pencil? What can we learn from a pencil? Carolyn Boss, do you have a card? Is there a card on the front of there? Yeah. You got one? Okay, great. Is it empty? Okay, good. All right, Carolyn, can you take this? Can you write your phone number down on that for me? Okay, just, just jot it down. Okay. You can't. You can't write your number down? Is it something I did? Oh, the pencil. Oh, I handed you. Okay, sorry. Let me get back to you then, okay? Turn in your Bibles. We'll get back to that. I really do have her number. I call her and ask her for money all the time. Go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Now, I don't know if we have this on the screen or not. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because it speaks to us a little. Oh, okay, there we go. So Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward in maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and of faith in God. Okay. What can we learn for a pencil, from a pencil? First, we're going to hit three points. It's actually four, depending on time. What can, we, oh, no pun intended, pencil, point, yeah. So for a pencil to continue to be useful, it will have to go through a sharpening or a resharpening, right? Carolyn, you couldn't give me your phone number, partially because you don't know me. The other part is, I'm kidding, the other part is, you couldn't write with a dull pencil. Matter of fact, this is a, this is a pretty new pencil, right? It hadn't been sharpened at all. So this thing is ineffective to you without it being sharpened first, correct? Are we all in agreement there? Can't write with this, okay? Romans chapter 5, verses 2 through 6. Romans chapter 5, verses 2 through 6. It says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. So here, Paul is expressing the great benefits that came from being declared righteous by God. 
Okay, the, the bonuses at which, right? But he also knows that to grow, that we need to go through, or actually at the time, uh, they would need to go through a time of renewal, of, under, of understanding. Because I can tell you that I love you, but you'll never know how much I love you until I have the opportunity to show you, until we have the opportunity to spend time together, Right? So this is, what, this is what we're getting to here. So verse 3 reads, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence of hope and salvation. And, the hope we, uh, and, the, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, going back to the pencil. Imagine if this pencil had feelings. It knows what it has to do. It knows what it's designed for. But when you put that pencil to the sharpener, and if it, that thing had feelings, that would hurt, right? It would be really painful, painful to, to feel those blades grinding up against that wood and chipping away at the lead, right? Well, we need to sharpen that process with us, sharpening between ourselves or in ourselves isn't painless, Sometimes we go through trials and tribulations. Sometimes we deal with sickness. Sometimes it even seems hopeless. But God takes a sticky situation and turns it into something amazing. Amen? So Scripture knows that there's some uncomfortable... Uh, scripture knows. God knows. Paul speaks to, and many others in the Bible, knows that there's going to be uncomfortable times, especially when we look at growth. But we look at ourselves. We look at ourselves and we apply the principle, principle of the pencil in that for it to be used to its fullest extent, it has to go through a sharpening phase. Amen? Psalm 103, verse 10 through 12. Psalm 103, 10 through 12. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our inequities for as High as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. We talked about fear, right? A reverent fear. As far as the east is, uh, east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. The next thing to learn. The pencil has an eraser, and it has the ability to erase any past mistakes. Okay? We write something down wrong, we make a mistake, we flip that pencil around, we have an eraser. Just like an eraser, we can correct many mistakes we make in our life. God not only erases our debt, but get this, Jesus destroyed the document on which it was printed and he put it up on the cross. All right? Now, we must uh, approach our mistakes with that of an eraser, okay? We 
we, we don't delete things that have happened, right? As a matter of fact, when you rub an eraser on a page, it doesn't completely erase all of the text that you've written. There's still a little bit of a mark there, right? Well, the enemy takes those markings and he puts that there and he makes you feel like you are the sum of your mistakes. And that's not true. Let's, let's go to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. And I'm going to go through these quickly for the sake of time, but they're all in the notes, and I've broken it down more in those notes. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, think about this for just a second. We know that our sins are forgiven. We know that Jesus has paid our debt for us. So what can we learn from this eraser? What can we learn from the sins of our life being, uh, the debt being paid for those? Okay. Well, what we have to learn, and just like how an eraser doesn't completely eliminate that mistake that's happened, we have to look at that and we have to learn from it and to grow from it. We have to look, we have to learn, and we have to grow. Our mistakes in our past is not something that, that should haunt us moving forward. And some, some of us, and myself included, have made some really huge mistakes. And there was a period of time, even me and myself, that I couldn't let myself be free because of what I had done. So at another time, maybe at a lunch you and I have together sometime, ask me about the gentleman that I fired from CBS. And he couldn't take it, and he tried to hurt himself. I lived with what I had done or what I had caused, and it held me back, and I thought I owed God something. But that's not true. Instead, I look at the markings in my life, and I look for an opportunity for growth. When there's times of struggle, you can look at your past and you look at your peers' pasts, your friends, and you can grow from that. So you're not repeating your mistake, but you're living your future life, you're living your current life in a level of wisdom. Does that make sense? Amen. Now, lastly, let's go to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just like a pencil, when sharpened, just like a pencil, every single one of us leaves a mark. Now it's up to us to determine what kind of mark we want to leave. Think of the world around us. Think of our friends. Think of our children. What marks are we making that they look to, that they mold their lives through? What are we doing to show our children that all is not lost in the world and God is still in control? Just like a pencil, we leave our marks. And again, the big question is what mark do you want to leave? Are you happy skating by? And I know some of us are in our 70s and, and 80s. 
Are, are we so ready for, uh, for life, to, for us to move on and meet the Lord that we're done making our mark? Or do we want to do something for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, to show them how much God loves them, how much you love them? What kind of mark are you willing to leave? And truthfully, I think I should share this. There was a period of time, it wasn't, I don't know, maybe eight years ago, Teresa. How many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you ever heard of a retina detachment? Okay, and that's where, that's where the retina in your eye starts to detach itself or peel back from, is it the cornea? I think it's the cornea. Now, I was born blind 17 surgeries later, and, uh, and parents that stayed together even through all of this stuff. Uh, I'm sensitive to the things that I see and the things that I perceive. Well, at some point, I think it was about eight years ago, at some point, if you've ever suffered or seen or had a retina detachment, uh, and I know actually, uh, I know one gentleman that, that uh, comes to our food bank that, that does Anyway, it's like there are some curtains and these curtains are slowly closing. And these curtains you can't see through. And, and eventually these curtains close, 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 close so much that you completely lose your vision in that eye. It's really scary. So at some point, I began to lose uh, my vision in my good eye. So I'm legally blind in my right eye. Left eye is good, I'm, I'm safe to drive. Uh, that's a matter of perception. But, but my good eye, I started to see the curtain come in. Now, I didn't know what retina detachment it was at the time, so I thought, okay, this is it. I've, you know, I've been, I've been 30, 30 years. I knew this might come. The, uh, the door's closing. I'm losing my sight. And what did, what did I do? And I don't know if you remember this, Teresa. But I started doing things and putting things in order to make sure that my family was taken care of. If I can't see and if I can't work, I want to start laying these things out to where my family doesn't have to want for anything because I was the breadwinner for my family. And men, we know how that makes us feel when we can't provide for our families. So time was ticking, scheduled a doctor's appointment. By the way, if the curtain starts closing in on you, you have a very small amount of time because if it goes so far, it's irreversible. You can't fix it. I scheduled the doctor's appointment. They almost had me right away. While I'm waiting to go see the doctor and I don't know what my fate's going to be, I start running around town. We needed a dishwasher. I got you a dishwasher. I got you the best dishwasher I could find. So by golly, if I'm blind, we're having some clean dishes. Okay? And I started to do these things, things to make sure my family was taken care of. 